0: What's swinging nation? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to another one. Great interview here today for you. Um, it's going to be with Eric Doyle, who is in California. He is a kettlebell sport two-time champion, a personal trainer. He has his own gym out there. He goes by the handle "Unconventional Athlete" on Instagram. So check him out. I had a whole bunch of questions to ask him because uh, he trains heavily with the Bulgarian bag and I'm very interested in that modality. And I'm thinking about buying one and getting into it. One of these days you might see me using one. So I had all those beginner basic questions that somebody would ask. Um, For instance, uh, where do you get one? How heavy should it be? Um, What if I want to, buy a cheaper one. He talks about, you know, the cheaper, more, um, less durable products that are out there. And of course, uh, I asked him a <laughs> uh, good question. I thought it was a good question. Um, you know, can I use something else like a sandbag as a substitute? And his reaction to that was just classic. And um, and as soon as I asked it, I saw the look in his eyes and he was like, oh boy. All right. So, you know, we, we talked about that. We talked about a whole bunch of different things. And um, he's a really cool guy. He's friends with Rick Brown. Um, those guys team up all the time and do cool stuff together. And, uh, you know, it was just a fun, awesome conversation. He's a great guest to have because he's, like, really passionate uh, and talkative about, you know, what he does. Like all the guests that have been on the podcast. So we're going to get to that in two seconds. I just want to fire off uh, a shout-out to our friendly neighborhood sponsors that help keep the Steel Mace Nation podcast on track and going strong. First, I want to say hello to Don over at adxclub.com. Adx is a big sponsor of the podcast, and if you use the discount code SMN, 2020 uh, at checkout you get yourself a nice little discount so do that and do it quickly get yourself one and i also want to say hello to mr tony ponti over at graziella coffee company.com he's throwing a discount your way it's mace nation 15 the number 15 15 You get 15% off a bag of delicious Joe. Get yourself a grinder, grind it fresh. That's the way to do it. Percolate and enjoy. And also I want to send a shout out to Frank DeMayo over at macefit.com. I recently became a macefit coach. I went through the certification. It's really cool. It's a great certification. Um, Anybody that's looking to just expand their horizons with Mace or they want to have another tool in in their toolbox so that they can uh, coach people, it works, man. It really works. And if you – there's no actual discount right now at the time of me recording this. So if you're listening to this, if you you just go to MaceFit.com, send them a message and say, hey, I want to buy the certification – and you tell them you you heard on my podcast on the Steelmate Station podcast that Fred said um, hook hook them up. He knows what that means. He should. Um, that'd be funny if he didn't. And he was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" But that's not going to happen. And um, what you get is really cool. You get a free one-on-one call with Frank. Um, he is the creator of the program, so you know, you, you purchase the certification, you're going to go through it. He's, he's always accessible as it is, but you get like a good coaching call. And, and that's a great way to kick off your certification. Um, he gets to know you better and it just, you know, when you actually meet each other face to face, even if it's on a zoom call that it, it makes things much better. So I would take advantage of that if I were you. And, um, lastly, uh, don't forget about OnGo Energy Spray, three sprays in your mouth, and uh, you got 75 milligrams of caffeine pumped up in your system, and it works quick, works a lot faster than um, if you're trying to get your caffeine out of your coffee. So go to ongoenergy.com, and you've got a discount code STEELMACE25 for 25% off, and like I always say, buy three, buy four, buy five of them, stick them in little pockets everywhere and, um, you know, give away, give away one to a friend and um, enjoy. So let's get to this podcast now. And thanks for tuning in. What's Swangin' Nation? Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Fred Moore. Today, my guest is Eric Doyle. Eric Doyle is uh, out in California and he owns a gym called Long Beach Kettlebell Club. He is an unconventional athlete. He is actually unconventional underscore athlete on Instagram. So, uh, we're going to talk about unconventional training today. Just to let everybody know, this podcast is sponsored by Addicts mason clubs and the discount code right now is adx i'm sorry it's uh smn 2020 and you get a discount so adxclub.com and if for the other sponsors you can check the show notes all right eric thanks for coming on the podcast how are you today
1: no problem man uh thanks for having me but it's been a while we've been trying to hook this up huh
0: dude you're right and i i look back in our messaging. And I think it goes all the way back to almost like January or December where yeah, we yeah. first started like, hey, man, let's do a podcast. And it's things like, got,
1: I- Yeah, things got hot in the gym business, and then obviously they got really cold. So yeah. <laughs> now we're yeah, going to go. really
0: cold. So, um, yeah, you're uh, – well, this is it, man. Let's, let's, let's really get to know each other here. Your gym is Long Beach Kettlebell Club. And um, I'm taking it you're probably one of the first kettlebell guys around? Is uh... We
1: started in 2010. Well, that was the official, like, business day. I mean, I was, I was obviously doing personal training and boot camp type stuff, like, you know, around. But actual business day was May 10th of 2010. And I think there's only maybe three or four, ke- you know, kettlebell clubs that are still in existence that were there when i first started so i think you know we're one of the last last remaining honchos what's you know,
0: the difference cool. what's the difference between a kettlebell club and a gym um
1: well our we really we don't have any barbells all, all we really have are kettlebells uh pull-up bars ropes a couple tires to flip some hammers so and our classes are kettlebell specific they're programmed for kettlebell strength and conditioning our hit classes are programmed with kettlebells and the unconventional fitness. So we, we program uh, according to kettlebell sport, and we've also got general classes that are more hard style based. So our entire gym is based off kettlebells and kettlebell uh, methodologies.
0: Wow. So that's cool. If you're an all round athlete, um, somebody who likes to do all types of training, but they really want to improve their, their kettlebell game, they, they can train with you. And then they could just do whatever they do elsewhere uh, if they want to do barbells and stuff like that.
1: Right, 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 right.
0: That's cool, man. I like that. It, that seems like, you know, it, it's like kettlebells really does need that kind of culture. Like, this is what we do. This is it. Um, a lot of times you go to gyms and it's, it's just like, all right, you know, part of the circuit today is going to be kettlebell swings. And this is how you do one. And then you're going to do all these other things. And Right. And, like, that's fine. They're only
1: going to teach the easy stuff. They're only going to teach the things that are real grab-and-go. Here, hold this and squat. Here, hold this and do a row. Hold this and hold this and maybe you'll get a swing out of them. But it's because they don't want to teach the hard stuff. It actually takes time to sit down and teach somebody how to clean the kettlebell and not bash their wrist. It actually yeah. takes someone time to do a Turkish get-up and do a combination exercise. Like, that stuff takes time, and, and it doesn't sell. And you, you almost have to have an avenue where you're doing technique or you're doing the workout. But trying to teach them both at the same time, you'd end up just resorting to the basic couple exercises that are real grab-and-go.
0: Okay, and that's what you yeah. get
1: at your general gyms. Well, well our gym, we, want, you know, we have skills with everything. We can teach you get-ups and windmills and snatches and swings and deadlifts and how to do bodyweight exercises. So we wanted to make an entire program off the possibilities you can do with kettlebells. And, uh, and that's what it morphed into. We didn't need barbells. We didn't need to program a shit ton of burpees and box jumps and running around the block. We were, you know, we wanted it kettlebell specific. What can really be done, and the possibilities that can be done with kettlebell in a group setting, while you still keep the tradition and the vintage of what it's supposed to do, and not watering it down with a bunch of dance moves or CrossFit type methodologies. We want to keep it vintage and traditional. You know, is this possible? Can this be done? And that's what just what it morphed into. And that's where I think a lot of kettlebell gyms that I saw go out of the business lost it. They didn't have a big enough repertoire. You know, the hard style gyms. Base themselves off six or seven exercises and they're brainwashed into thinking that's all they need to do. Well, if it bores your clients right out the door, is it correct? (laughs) You can't run a business you can't run a business like that. It's cool if you're just in your garage training, but when you're running a business with the general public, you, you gotta mix some psychology in there with what they want, with what they need, with some fun stuff. You gotta blend all that together to keep people interested in the program. Um that's why we do maces and we do bags and we do ropes and we do bells, we blend it all together. You know, but the base of our system is going to be kettlebell training that's what gets you strong.
0: Yeah. Wow. So when you talk about uh, the way CrossFit does it, what are they missing when they do kettlebells? Uh,
1: they're, ra- they're racing through movements that you have no business racing. through. You don't race through okay. Turkish get-ups. Yeah. You know, um, if you have your students racing through something like a snatch and their overhead position is all, all over the place but they're just ripping it up real fast in different directions, you don't actually know how that's sinking into the body, you know. Yeah. When, you, when you learn kettlebell properly, you're going to learn the overhead position and when it gets there and what can happen when it, when it lands somewhat incorrectly and, and how that's going to feel and how that's going to damage you. So they're, they're speeding through things that you really have no business speeding through that you don't even have down slow, and here you are adding like a bunch of speed. So that's where some of the injury and some of the uh, butchering of the movements kind of come in, I think. Um, some, of their, some of their stuff's great. But I think their kettlebell work, um, you know, like I'm I'm in a CrossFit gym, so I I get to watch their their training downstairs, yeah. and you know they'll nobody ever nobody will end up going very heavy because they don't teach the basic stuff like having your hand position in like in the kettlebell prop. They all got their wrists bent and they're doing farmers walks with ten pounds. I'm yeah. wondering why they're only doing ten pounds on the farmers walk. You know, so it's all the small details and wanting you don't want to coach that stuff because it takes time and it's slow and it doesn't sell. But If you can find a way to coach that and get people good at the basic stuff like getting your hand position, your rack position, your overhead position right, in the long term, they will get better at kettlebells and you'll see better progress with them. Otherwise, you got a bunch of people with 10-pound kettlebells.
0: (laughs) Right, which is pretty lame. Now, you are next to or in a CrossFit gym, so I'm assuming that CrossFit athletes that go there – are eyeballing your place going you know what i gotta get my kettlebell game up a notch here <laughs> sometimes and they're coming to you
1: sometimes i walk through and, and, and you see them kind of hide you know they hide their kettlebell and you know, <laughs> they'll stop what they're doing oh crap there's the kettlebell guy
0: he's going to shame me
1: <laughs> some of them talk to me and some of them don't it's kind of a 50 50 but uh i always offered help i offered them workshops you know but CrossFit's real hard to break into. They're real stuck in their cult, so you got to be a you got to be a CrossFit guy to get into a CrossFit gym to to teach them anything. Otherwise, they just think I'm doing this weird stuff with these weird bells they've never seen before. Yeah, it, 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 and what I'm doing doesn't make sense to them because they've never seen half this stuff. They've never seen windmills. They've they've never seen uh, the way we snatch, and they've never seen a jerk with a kettlebell. Right. You know, so teach them. It's just really foreign to them because they don't get that stuff in in CrossFit, and those movements are great. I don't know, you know. If you had an instructor with, with skills at, at teaching them, it would really expand their game, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I, they are great. And I'm just scratching the surface with bells. And the only reason why I even started getting involved is because of the mace. That was my way of breaking through. Before the mace, I looked at kettlebells probably like how other people do. They go, yeah you know i don't see what the point what they're doing a, a press i could do a press with a dumbbell i don't need it but um the mace taught me about movement and form and then because of that i picked up a kettlebell and i learned the snatch and and a kettlebell swing and i had a good coach and you know when he described how when you do a snatch how you're you're trying to race your hand up and beat the kettlebell yeah right that is huge when I learned that. So anytime you start to get tired or you get lazy, the kettlebell starts to beat you down.
1: <laughs> That's exactly so you, a good one, you
0: yeah. It forces because. every rep to be your, your highest intensity. Like I got to get my hand up there before the bell. I got to do it. So every, every rep becomes, you become accountable to it. And when, when I learned all that, and then I went back to like, Regular weight training, I was way more accountable on my movement with dumbbell stuff and everything because I said, "You know what? I'm I'm being lazy sometimes. I really am." So kettlebells are an eye opener, and this whole thing with unconventional fitness, you have to be open minded to get into it. But once you get into it you learn to be really open-minded like i think weightlifting and fitness and unconventional training mace's kettlebells has really made me a more open-minded person um than i ever was and now i'm looking at what you've been doing with the bulgarian bag and you know i was watching it for a while just the way i was watching mace for a while and i said well this i'm doing the same thing that i did with mace i'm just kind of watching well get involved man and then you, you just stood out to me. I don't know. Um, the, the groundwork you were doing, I was like, Oh yeah, I can see that. That translates over to like, you know, grappling on the ground, stuff like that. Wow. So I know you have something coming out or you already do have it coming out. I know you also have a kettlebell program too, which is online, which we need to talk about that. Cause I might, I might be doing that. Um, but let's, let's uh, jump right into Bulgarian bags here, man. Um, it looks like somebody's swinging around a, like a dead goat.
1: <laughs> that, there you go. I, I got in trouble for that same comment, too. Oh, uh, really? Am I going to get in trouble? It. I did an instructional. I did, I did a video back in 2013. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's got like 60,000 views. Some company showed up. I had just started the bag. And they showed up, and they wanted me to do like a little quick instructional for it. It ended up being a half day. And at one point, I said something about it being like a lamb. People swing lambs over their back in Bulgaria like that. And uh, the Southwest people saw that, and they didn't think too highly of it. They told me that that does not actually happen over there. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. <laughs> don't get the wrong right. idea. We're not swinging lambs. Right.
1: So it's basically a crescent-shaped uh, – I'm sorry, uh croissant-shaped <laughs> sandbag. Um, sandbag. It's not full of sand. It's full of this weird cloth. I, I don't even, I can't even tell you what it's full of. A couple of them broke, and I started to pull the stuff out. It's a, it's a weird cloth material. But um, they basically made this bag to simulate a lot of wrestling exercises and be a conditioning tool for wrestlers. And then, it, of, of course, it branched off into in, more of a general fitness avenue.
0: Who started doing but,
1: that? Um, a, it, we got a wrestling coach up in Idaho named Ivan Ivanov. And he his his company's name Suple Suples I don't know how to pronounce it it's a Russian it's a Russian based company so and they, they make these, and they make these Bulgarian bags and he came over here to train our wrestling team and we didn't have the equipment so we started making these bands and these bags really high quality great product um, and I myself used to grapple do jujitsu it's it's been a while but I had my time on the math, and I always enjoyed the conditioning aspect of it yeah so and right away. Uh, and I, I know Rick Brown really well. He always had a Bulgarian bag laying around, but we never touched it. So I put two and two together. And finally, one day at a, at a certification, we were spinning the bag. It, it happened to be there. And, uh, and I loved it. And once I kind of got some explanation behind it that it was for wrestlers and it was to simulate, you know, wrestling throws and clinch work, and there's a lot of grip involved and, and the speed and the cardio. And then I actually got into it. And I was like, man, this reminds me of my time on the mats. This is – it couldn't be any closer. Um, And it's really light. There's not a lot of weight to it. I'm using 25 to 35 pounds. So if I'm beat up and sore, this is a good tool. Uh, And I feel really loose from this stuff because it's all ground-based and you're moving around bridging, shin boxing, stretching out a little bit. Um, So I generally felt good after these training sessions, which is great for after my kettlebell day. So I was doing kettlebell like on Monday, then I was doing Bulgarian bag on day two. Then I would get out the mace on day three, then I would repeat them and and that's how i came out with our system and also my logo which is all free silhouettes you know okay uh, okay little bell on day one do the mace on day two do the bag on day three or some kind of blend like that
0: yeah that's cool man i was actually uh i, I had that question loaded and ready to go i was going to ask you how do you train with so many options i find myself sometimes beating myself up and then like the next day i want to train but i'm like damn i I think I overdid it or whatever, you know. So you just kind of answered that. Like, you know, you could use the, the Bulgarian bag as like a re- – almost like a recovery day. Yeah. An active recovery day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The goal, the goal of the Bulgarian bag is core and conditioning. Okay. You're not going to get a lot of strength off a 25-pound bag. I don't care how much speed you put behind it. You're not going to be this massively strong person. For my strength, I need kettlebells. I need to push and pull and hinge and squat and yeah. carry – uh, that's done with the kettlebells, and you're a little bit beat up from that. So, what are you going to do the next day? It, it should be like an active recovery day. It should be a, a run, a hike, a yoga, a swim, you know. Or if you got something left, you can hit the Bulgarian bag. Yeah. On day three, you can come back and hit some more kettlebell lifts that you didn't do on day one. So, I usually do the heavier lifts on on the first on the first day, and by the time you get around to the second kettlebell day, it's usually get ups and windmills and plank stuff, hanging stuff. Yeah. Things like that. You know, not push and pull based
0: yeah right give yourself you're you're still active with the kettlebells but you're you're resting those particular m- yeah. movements
1: and of course so- listen to your body if something's beat up i mean obviously switch it out for something that feels good that day obviously
0: yeah now but what, what do you do a,
1: it's pretty much a program that i do in my gym you know i don't have a program that i do special for myself that i wouldn't put my clients through like i do my kettlebell workouts from the gym and i i do these Bulgarian baggage i don't have a lot of of my gym clients doing it I have more online followers for that but all right. um, that's my that's my second day and I come back to the kettlebells and the the system I do at my gym is what I do for myself
0: all right that's nice man so you're you have online your bulgarian bag training right
1: we're just starting that actually because oh, such it's a not out yet. It hasn't started yet i was thinking june 1st we're going to start with like one class a week
0: okay There's so is that going to be a, a live
1: it's going to be a live online class yeah and, mm. uh, my gym shut down right now. So everything mm. is going online. I'm doing my kettlebell class. I have a private group for him, and we're doing our kettlebell workouts via Zoom. And I'm going to open that up to a large audience which is already done. And then once a week, I'll be doing the Bulgarian bag thing, probably on the weekends. And we'll um, probably like organize a time. And we're, we'll have a one-hour class on the Bulgarian bag with the groundwork and mm-hmm. some instruction. And just, you know, obviously you got to have a Bulgarian bag to do it. And you got to have Zoom to do it right you got those two tools hey join me on the weekends once a week we'll be doing some bulgarian bag work
0: okay yeah and i um the reason why i was asking those questions because i'm doing rick brown's mace thing on online right now it's with um martial arts academy
1: yes oh yeah martinez
0: right that and i noticed you're on there too and it's like you you pay like 20 dollars a month and and, um, you know, so I'm doing Rick Brown's thing, but I'm, I was looking at you do it. You have a kettlebell thing on there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a kettlebell program that involves three workouts, like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing. And it's just similar to how I do my gym. The The Monday workout is more strength. The Wednesday workout is core. And the Friday workout is cardio. And you're going to progress those three workouts and kind of flirt around and change them up through the course of 12 weeks. So it's 20 bucks a month. And uh, it's three workouts a week shown with progressions and regressions and you just kind of hit those three workouts bam 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 for 12 weeks and see what happens
0: okay so it's three months total but can you continue it if you want extra like you you're just the type of person that wants to have your coach there well virtual coach um so you can continue it longer than the three months if you want to yeah
1: right right right. okay
0: cool all right i'm I'm probably going to look into that because um i'm really getting into kettlebells i have only three of them there right now but Um, I'm working on getting some, uh, in the back of a building somewhere. Somebody says they have some (laughs) and I got to meet them at like six o'clock in the morning to pick them up. And, um, it's going to be this Saturday. Uh, and I think they're going to charge me like $2 a pound, which I think is actually good right now because it looks like the companies that I don't want to say anybody's names, but they're frigging price gouging people on the <laughs> kettlebells.
1: Yeah, it sucks. It's, <laughs> it's bad But business. I noticed
0: the Bulgarian bags are available. And what is a good weight for somebody new with Bulgarian bag to start with? Should I get a 25?
1: Uh, I would say for a male, you wouldn't start with any less than 10 kilos as a male because the bag would be physically too small okay I, I would go with a 10 but you're gonna probably quickly outgrow that into a into a 12 kilo which is 26 pounds um most of your work is going to be with t- probably 26 pounds for a while um that's the bag you want to get to so it for you i i would go with 12 kilos because you're a little stronger for for a little thanks for noticing for a little smaller male uh yeah i would have them start with a 10 kilo
0: okay
1: i would say 10 but you're gonna outgrow it so fast
0: yeah all right cool um yeah so when is when is your um your system going to be available for everybody to start working with you on
1: we're gonna as close to june 1st as possible the first monday after after june 1st or first weekend after june 1st i'd like to just kind of test it get a class going see how many people are are down to do it through zoom you know instead of just watching it and me and me posting highlights actually do it with me it's always it's gonna be harder if if you do it with me. because we're going to start slow and then gradually ramp up the speed and we're going to stay to rest periods. And, you know, it, it gets a little harder when you do it like that.
0: Okay. Are, are, do you so. plan on being interactive with your people that are watching? Are you going to stop briefly to ask questions or anything or are you going to just move it along?
1: Um. Yeah, I, I'm going to have time for that um, okay. before we put the actual workout together, which which is not going to be, like, an hour long. You know, we're going to – yeah we're going to spend time doing some interactive stuff where we put the movements together and answer questions okay we'll put some stuff together in a real short little 10 minute blast
0: at the very end all right now for anybody who is unfamiliar with the process of going to zoom and hooking up with a coach such as yourself and what what's like a let's tell them how easy it is basically how it is to to get involved with this
1: Oh, all you need to do is download the Zoom app, and uh, I have my own personal identification, uh, um, uh, personal room, so I can just send you the link. The link's always going to be the same. We're going to have, we'll start a class at the same time every week, so you just click on the Zoom link, join the meeting, and uh, and you're in.
0: And Grab you send. Your bag, make
1: sure you have a dedicated space in your house somewhere, and uh, join in, and just follow me.
0: And you send a new link every week.
1: No, it's gonna be the same link. Same I way. have my own, I have my own room, so it's never yeah. gonna change.
0: All right, yeah. So that's you know? that's easy.
1: Yeah, it, it'll be the same link. You don't gotta ask for the link. You just click it, join in the room. I usually have my wife sitting there, uh, letting people in, talking to people, figuring out the chat, while I'm doing the workout. Oh,
0: and how do they? How do they pay for it though? Is it beforehand or like?
1: Uh, we're gonna start just we the the first couple are gonna be free. Okay. And they're just gonna be trial and error. And then we'll do them donation-based.
0: Okay, cool. You know,
1: my Kettlebell Club program is not donation-based. That's $60 a month <laughs> for, the, okay. for the Long Beach Kettlebell Club team workouts. But this Bulgarian back thing is just an upstart. It's just kind of something I do on the side. Yeah, uh, First couple are going to be free. Feel free to jump in if this is your thing and you got the time and it works for you and this is, your, and this is something you want to continue with. We'll probably do them by donation weekly.
0: Nice, man. I, well, I know I'm going to be there. Um, hopefully... Uh, I'll, I'll hit every one of them because uh, I really want to. I want to learn it. So an I got
1: because I mean, if you've ever done any kind of competitive grappling or even just wrestling around with friends when you've had too many drinks, uh, the most the most tiring part of wrestling is all the scrambling. I yes. Mean, like when you're trying to grab stuff and trying to get position, that is exhausting. And and when you do competitive grappling, it almost it, it almost turns into a battle of who can make the other guy tired first right. <laughs> and then, you know, you got him. So yeah. nobody ever thought to make a workout out of that with the Bulgarian bag. It, you know, traditional Bulgarian bag workouts are super hard on the grip. And when I try to do traditional bag workouts on people that are focused on spins and arm throws and cleans and snatches, and that's all you do to people. The first thing to give out is their grip.
0: Right.
1: And hey, wrestlers, I'm sure love that stuff. But when you're teaching the general public, it quickly loses popularity after, after a few sessions. So yeah, This groundwork stuff I thought was the perfect counter where you could just do a little bit of the standing stuff and the grip-frying, wrestling-based stuff, and then let's take it to the ground where we get some mobility. And the cardio, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. I I was like, doing one minute on these little bursts is freaking exhausting. You've got to try this. And everybody that I was putting through it, they were just melting after the second set or the third set. They just couldn't keep speed. They could not keep the cardio. And I was like, this, there's something to this. Yeah. And then played around with it like a little bit more and systemized it a little bit. And we're like, oh, my God, we've got a serious conditioning system here.
0: Yeah, that- well, you mentioned the fighting aspect. And I, I do remember either when I was younger, way younger, either actually getting in real fights or almost real fights, like, you know, more like uh, pissing contests. Yeah. Or, yeah, getting drunk with my friends, half a bottle of Jack is, you know, knocked out, and you're wrestling with somebody. <laughs> right. And what I always remembered was how quickly – you get exhausted and when you're not an actual trained fighter you have no clue what you're doing with your body really and what a lot of people do when they're in these wrestling grappling situations they hold their breath a lot because they're trying to throw the other person off their feet so they think holding their breath and and pushing you know whatever you know all these like strange things they quickly die out and like you just said it's whoever Whoever gets tired first is actually the loser, and it usually ends pretty badly. But that's how intense the conditioning is that comes from that. You know, you can't get yourself that winded doing something else unless you're just doing wind sprints on the beach or something like that. Right, right. And it's 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 really like you hit the nail right on the head there. And now here you're using a bag. You don't have to actually – have a partner um like you know maybe some people can't hook up with somebody or they don't want to do um uh jujitsu or something like that they just want to get right to a a good conditioning workout and in a a limited space and you know like your videos you're literally operating on like a three three like a four by four area and you're doing all these movements and i'm like dude i would be done in 15 minutes just doing what you were doing there there was one video you put up recently that one just sealed the deal with me. uh, you're like out on a deck or something like that.
1: oh, on the deck, yeah, that's that's my rooftop, yeah,
0: yeah, oh okay, yeah, dude, it was I was like, yep, that's it that's that's some, cool. Some stuff. of these
1: things I'm telling you, ten minutes, I am freaking smoked, and sometimes I rest a little longer, honestly, I rest a little longer than I put in the video, but yeah, <laughs> right the conditioning is is crazy. I was like, this is the perfect mix. I don't have to go running. I mean, this is harder than it would be. It's like if I went over to Signal Hill over here and just ran the hill a bunch of times. Right. One minute, on, one minute off, and, and they're brutal minutes, you know. It's almost like pushing a sled for a minute. That's yeah. what I can equate the cardio to.
0: Yeah, and now this is where it's great to have a, a coach, trainer uh, to follow along with because if you're doing it by yourself, at least in the beginning, I, I'm not knocking anybody. I would do the same thing. You start taking shortcuts. You start taking your breaks sooner. Yep. Instead yep. of going those last 15, 30 seconds, you're like, yeah, it's good. I, I, I'm not going to do any more. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I'll and, start telling and- them like, like, okay, you should get around this sequence four times in a minute. I don't want three. I need you to make four, you know, and they'll start melting. They'll start only making it around three times. They're only making it around two. You're like, okay, come on. You got to move. You got to go fast. Go fast. Come on. Yep. So you've got, you've got that aspect of scrambling and wrestling and you're exhausted. You're on your back. You got to get back up and do some spins and then you're back down again Then you're back up again. Yeah. Again exhausting scrambling wrestling type cardio which man takes me back to my youth a little bit i feel i feel great while i do it i feel like it's a perfect counter for for the kettlebell training i usually do the day before yeah yeah
0: now if people are interested obviously you just mentioned one company uh supples who who makes um they're made out of leather right and they're where else or what are some alternatives people can oh gosh here we go (laughs) i I only ask just because what if a person's like well i don't want to buy one of those croissant bags yet i want to you know make sure i like it first
1: yeah actual bulgarian bags about 100 150 bucks i did a workshop out in texas out at the unconventional training center and they had a bunch of different bags a bunch of knockoff bags from china and what i felt like were the handles it was like grabbing a, a, a like a sock. <laughs> there was nothing in it. It wasn't solid. Like the handles were just kind of melting away like quicksand. Yeah. Uh, so they didn't have the same firmness. They didn't keep shape. The material I felt was less. Uh,
0: quality. durable. Less
1: quality. Yeah. I, I, and I mean, they're only 30 bucks. And if you're, you're really in a bind, you can find those China knockoffs for 30 bucks. But I'm telling you the quality, when you actually use a real Bulgarian bag that keeps its shape and has those nice handles on them, you'll, pro- you'll never go back.
0: Yeah, okay. So there's, now, only one,
1: there's only one company that, that makes real Bulgarian bag, and that's Supples. They're in Idaho. It's a, it's a, it's a Russian-based company. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that's the only place I know that gets the, the actual real bag. Everything else is a rather cheap knockoff as far as the ones that I've used.
0: All right. What about a sandbag? Can they, can they get by with a sandbag, a couple of workouts, just to see if they like it, like if they have a sandbag laying um, around?
1: So the, yes, you can get away with everything except for the spinning type stuff. Yeah, you can get away with all the lunges, all the squats, all the presses, all the rows, all the single leg stuff, but when it comes to spinning that blocky sandbag, it kind of <laughs> because uh, you know the handles are on the are on the sides, right? Not not um, croissanted around the around the bottom, so it turns into a real blocky spin. Yeah. Uh, at least maybe there's some maybe there 's some sandbags out there that have handles of different spots, but yeah right the spin the spin exercises were not working as well, but I found no problem doing lunges and squats and presses and rows and cleans and okay stuff like stuff that was fine so
0: yeah uh, i 'm just trying to uh, you know make it easy on this, the, the decision making process here and, and have people understand the pitfalls. They can take your class with a sandbag, but be aware that. Um, there's it is going to be limited so don't let that be the thing that dissuades you after you try it. like don't don't use a sandbag and go ah this sucks his class sucks <laughs> right? because you're not using the right equipment it's like no. trying to go figure skating wearing hockey skates you know you're you're not wearing, you're not going with the right tool for the yeah. job
1: you can probably now, go out on the ice but you're not going to do very
0: well <laughs> right you're just you know you're going to be part of the the fray and that's about it now what about another there's another not um, not a knockoff but it's a weird um i forget what it's called it's got water in it, it oh looks hydro like, yeah hydro core yeah is that is that uh anything so, similar okay here's here's
1: the deal on that the guy who the guy uh, the owner and creator maurizio tangari is who taught me the bulgarian bag okay that's my coach uh i had i had met i messed around with it with rick before but Going to Maurizio, he, lived, he lives in San Diego, it, about an hour south, and he actually taught me this stuff. And he has been working on that for years, trying to perfect that. He's got a lot of cool little inventions in, 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 his, in his garage that have not made it out yet, but I'm telling you, this guy has some phenomenal ideas. Really? And, uh, so the water, it's not going to get heavy enough where the spinning activities are, are ever going to be hard. So you tend to resort to more classic exercises like shaking it, push-up variations, burpee variations, throwing the bag. Um, it's just a different exercise set. So if, um, it's, it's really not going to be heavy enough to do any kind of spins and arm throws and cleans and snatches. Those exercises are going to be so easy with the bag. You're not going to get a – you know okay. like a it's like winging around like a water bottle. It's just too light.
0: I, how many gallons does it hold? Because a gallon is 8.34 pounds. So if it holds two gallons, yeah, you're looking at 16 pounds. And you said, you know, maybe a 25 pound is is a, is about where you want to be. Right, right,
1: right. But, um, it doesn't feel that heavy. It doesn't feel that heavy. I'm not totally sure how heavy they go, but it doesn't feel that heavy.
0: Yeah, it doesn't look like it can hold I more than two. You fill them all gallon. the way up.
1: Right. Um, right. I mean, yeah. if, if you fill them all the way up, then you lose the slosh effect. So right, right. You yeah. might as well just
0: buy a regular Bulgarian bag then. If you <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, you So then I bet you it's less than 16 pounds. I bet you it might be. 8, 9, 10 pounds, which is. Yeah,
1: so, so Maurizio, tenor, so he came up with his, his exercises with that are more classic exercises that are not wrestling-based like the Bulgarian bag exercises, you know, traditionally are. So he's got a lot of classic push-ups and burpees and squats and lunges, partner activities, ab exercises, shaking-type exercises. So his exercise set, and it still works. He was kicking my ass on the beach. He, you know, I called him out on it, and I was like, okay, no, kick my ass in 10 minutes on this thing. Yeah. and and he did. He got me moving, and I was – so, again, it's one of those things where you, you've got to find somebody who knows the game, like, really well, and and he'll show you how it works. You know, if you do groundwork w- with me, it's going to be harder than just doing it on your own. If Doing HydroCore with Maurizio is going to be harder than just doing it on your own. Right. So, I mean, it's still a cool product. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be heavy enough for what I'm doing with it, but for his exercise set and for what he's doing with it, it – It'll work fine. I'll definitely get somebody in shape too.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the takeaway I have for for training with you is, get get the nice bag or buy the cheap knockoff, but be ready to buy the nice bag anyway because yeah. you're yeah. gonna like it and that bag is not going to fulfill your needs. Um, you're gonna save money in the beginning, but you're gonna. set end up spending more later unless you use it as like the cheap one you use it as like an uh, a backup bag or if you have a friend come over and you want to show them something
1: yeah or, or if you're going get, outside
0: yeah and you don't want to beat up the nice one yes okay so so maybe that's maybe that's the real yeah. thing to do is
1: they're only like they're only like 30 bucks but you know they're crap and i think the supply chains are cut off right now from china so i don't even know if you can get one
0: and probably supples has them right there in idaho so boom they get sent yeah. right to you
1: I had, a, I had a client just get one the other day.
0: Okay. Eight and they come bag. fully loaded? You don't have to add anything to them?
1: No, they're already ready to go. Um, they cool. do have some new bags out. They're, they used to be color-coded where the 8 kilo was green and the 12 kilo was red and the 16 kilo was gray. Now they're all black and red. Uh, okay. So if you're looking at that saying, these aren't the same bags I see, I've seen before, they have a new style of bag, and it's, they're just as good, if not better. I was kind of hesitant because they look different. Nobody had one I couldn't use. But uh, I ordered them anyway, and they were—they're better, I think, than the first
0: version. Okay.
1: It's called the synthetic leather. They're black and red.
0: Oh, uh, were, were the original ones made out of real leather, and?
1: They—they they had a—it it was a slightly cheaper model. They had a synthetic leather that had—that was color coded, and then they had the actual like actual leather. And all my leather ones, the leather has frayed off from from so much use. The handles look like there's a flesh eating bacteria on it.
0: Maybe there is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> never know now. Don't
0: rub your eye, man.
1: <laughs> so I'm not, I, I'm not buying those anymore. Now I go with the synthetic leather, the black and red bags. That works pretty well.
0: Okay, cool, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look those up tonight. And, uh, oh, boy, here we go again. I just, I just had my
1: first one break. I've had this bag five years, and it, it's one of the heavy bags. So it gets slammed a lot, it gets used a lot. It lasted five years before it even had a, a small rip.
0: Oh, that's, there you go. That's, and,
1: and this is not just me using it. This is, this is my class, my gym on weekly, sometimes daily use on this stuff. Okay. So, yeah, quality product there.
0: All right, good, good. That's, that sounds like, uh, so it's gonna be June 1st that starts. And, yeah, um, we'll
1: start doing some weekly back stuff. If you've never done a Bulgarian back, I mean, we gotta have some instruction going down, but once you get the basic movements, uh, this thing's gonna start giving you cardio. I swear, like you didn't know you could get in one, in, in one spot. It'll yeah. be more ferocious,
0: more ferocious than kettlebell cardio. Okay, cool. And I, gotta, I say another thing too about cardio. Um, when people think cardio, they're immediately running on a treadmill or maybe they're doing a little bit better and they're running down the street. The problem is, unless you're already somebody who takes care of yourself, running might not actually be the best idea. A lot of people hurt themselves from running. They think yeah. – they think like, oh, I'm just running. God gave me legs. I'm doing what God gave, you know. But, no, you've been sitting around, and your gait is all screwed up. And you, you know what? You, you really should be wearing the right shoes when you run too. Otherwise, you're just going to – that kinetic chain is just going to completely break down. And knees are going to start bothering you. Hips are going to start bothering you. Uh, shoulders can start bothering you from running. And a lot of people yeah. when they yeah. start running because they get the bug and they want to lose ten pounds, twenty pounds, they start off way too strong, way too hot in the beginning. And they're like, Yeah, I just ran three miles. What you went running three miles before bef- and you never did like anything. You were just sitting all the time and now you're running. So I'm just pointing this out that you know, um there's better ways where you could get cardio and this this could be one of the ways. And meanwhile, um you're learning something really cool that is actually has crossover to uh, hand-to-hand combat, which, yeah. you know, you can take care of yourself. You can take care of your family. With the other form, the best thing you guys, you can run away, <laughs> which is totally <laughs> fine. You can run away all you want, but not if you're leaving your family behind. So, you, you know, you, if you have strong grip and you can, like, grab a guy's shirt and pull him down and and you don't get winded in a in a in a struggle you're going to come out on top you're going to be the winner and that to me is more practical um in a lot of sense because you know people should know how to take care of themselves and be able to you know fight a little bit even if that's all you do that's better than uh some alternatives
1: yeah yeah i i feel like that like the anaerobic cardio is a little more important than the aerobic cardio i mean it yeah, you need, you need to have your long distance every now and then, but that should not be your primary form of of cardio training. You know, we, you know,
0: why is why do you say that?
1: The, um, well, I, in, in any kind of panic or emergency type situation, like you just gave example, you you're gonna need to go, and you know, you're gonna you don't know when you have to turn. And as a firefighter, you don't, you don't have time to sit there and warm up. By the way. Uh running was how I got taken out of the fire department, by the way, or the fire department training. Did I ever tell you that?
0: No. What happened? Well,
1: um I had scored pretty high on on everything, on all the leg press testing, all the bench press testing, all the treadmill testing. Then there's that uh it's a it's a mile and a half run, I think it is. Uh yeah, and I was and I don't run. My whole program is based around not running. So here I am trying to get in the fire department and all they do is make you freaking run all the time. So my yeah. feet, my ankles were just getting beat. Exactly everything you just mentioned yep. uh, was going on. Finally, the, uh, here come the test, and I ripped my adductor. I had to sprint the final lap to make time, and, uh, and I made it. But I ripped my adductor so bad, I was out for almost a year. Holy uh, Healing my adductor, yeah. And, so, uh, and the, it was actually enough damage where I was like, you know what? This is just not going to be the job for me. I'm not going to be able to continue with this. Uh, So after all that training, all that I aced, I aced all the classes. Yeah, scored really high on all the testing. Here came the run, ripped my adductor, and took me out for a year. Couldn't continue.
0: That is unbelievable. You know, I was just reading an article about that, and and where you are, California, the fire department's way more progressive than out here. We don't have a bench press or a leg press, um, marker that we have to hit no no that's like in it seems like over here that's like oh no that sounds like somebody's gonna get hurt (laughs) don't do it
1: yeah exactly
0: the mentality uh but the mentality over there was hey let's have our guys run how far mile and a half a mile and a half now i go to fires never ever do i get out of the fire truck and run I don't run at all. Zero. We never run. Nobody yeah. runs on the fire If you run, the
1: the scene, right? you know who
0: runs at the fire department? The new guy who forgot his helmet and has to run back to the rig to go get his helmet because he's embarrassed. That's it. Otherwise, we always tell people, you walk, maybe you walk fast, but otherwise you're going to fall. You're going to trip. It's dangerous. So nobody runs. And then we shoulder a load. We're wearing gear. We're maybe carrying 100 pounds. And then we might go up five flights of stairs because after five flights of stairs, we're actually allowed to take the elevator to the floor below the fire. So <laughs> you, you, you might have to go up five flights of stairs. That's not something that you're going to That type of conditioning doesn't come from running a mile and a half. Right. It comes from shouldering load and doing short, quick movements, like, like with the Bulgarian back, right. something like that.
1: Short, quick bursts. You know, that, I've, seen more, I've seen more results in that type of cardio with my students than i ever did telling them number one with clients you don't know if they're actually doing the distance and number two a lot of people just don't react well to that it's just if they're overweight if they got prior injuries that's just not the best stuff so try to come up with a system where they can get that kind of rush cardio without beating themselves up
0: no you said results like do you see uh fat coming uh, off the person do you see um, depth muscle definition things like that
1: Definitely fat loss, uh, kettlebell training and, you know, unconventional training usually won't bulk somebody up and turn them into a muscular giant. Um, I haven't seen too much of that, but as far as weight loss and fat loss and, uh, conditioning levels come up, resting heart rates come down. Uh, yes. Mostly those type of results.
0: Okay. And do you, can you tell me generally how these people are, eating normally while they're training like this sorry i know that's you're uh,
1: you're, you're cutting out there for a second
0: how do you how do when people are training with kettlebells and things like that how are they eating what kind of uh, diet do they have uh
1: well i, I mean it, everyone's got their own little specific you know all right but I, I, mean, I was as a trainer i can only i can only guide them to eat healthier Eat healthier foods, you know, eat more meat and veggies, eat less crap, drink more water, get more sleep. You know, it, as, a, as a trainer out here, it's actually, it, it's illegal to give somebody like a nutrition plan and say, here, yeah. eat this, unless you've got a nutritional background. If you die or something happens, it's directly my fault. So yeah. we usually refer out that. I mean, I can always help you. I can guide you to eating healthier and eating better and what's crap and what's not. You need more of macros and stuff.
0: Yeah, the thing is, your answer is the best answer out of them all. It's the best answer. Like, I, like, I, the only reason why I, I didn't want to like, feed you any information, I wanted you to just answer out of your own knowledge base. But you see people doing keto, low-carb. Um, I, I talked to somebody the other day who fasts for 20 hours out of the day, and then they eat whatever they want for four hours. And I was like, dude, I can eat 10,000 10, calories in four hours. Um, are you sure you're not doing that? Because you're not losing any weight. My, my point is, is that if you're training with kettlebells, you need to eat and you need to eat healthy food and you can eat potatoes and sweet potatoes and you don't need these weird diets. You don't need to fast. You don't, I understand some people have specific needs and, and, uh, you know, there are all those outliers, but the general population, the first thing you got to do is just, you got to just eat healthy and exercise and eat vegetables, lots of vegetables, right?
1: You'd be surprised how many situations I have, I've, I've came across where it's, it's because the person doesn't want or know how to cook. You know, starting with A, I don't know how to cook anything, or if I do know how to cook it, it's frozen stuff and it's hamburgers. So (laughs) learning, they got to know how to cook, because there has to be somebody in the house that knows how to cook. Otherwise, you're just doing cool workouts, swinging around uh, big maces. which I have some people who don't want to lose weight, and they just come to me me just because they want to get stronger, and and they tell me right off the bat, I'm not here to lose weight. I know I need to. I'm just here to get better and get stronger. I'll worry about my weight later. Yeah. they're paying me, their money's as green as everybody else's, and they come and tell me that, I'm not going to harp on them. Yeah. But I've got some people where they're paying me to lose freaking weight and because my system is supposed to be the best one in town, and it's supposed to be able to learn kettlebells and learn bags and learn maces and all these results I talk about. If I don't freaking produce them, I'm not going to have a business.
0: Right, exactly.
1: So I, I've got to keep you healthy and injury-free so you come enough. I've got to keep you interested so you come enough. And for the other 23 hours of the day where I don't see you, I got to make sure you're doing what you need to do. So you come back again and you're happy and you want to learn this stuff and you're getting better and we can see results.
0: Yeah. Now, do you – when you have somebody coming to you for a while, can you tell when, you know, from one training session to the next or maybe over a series of training sessions in, in, in short order, can you tell if they're really on the ball with what they're doing outside? the gym when you you know your watchful eye isn't on them are you are they coming in and looking a little faded like you know they're not you're like hey last week you were you were doing way better like do you notice these things or uh, that's,
1: why, that's why i videotape everything <laughs> you
0: do okay I,
1: we tape i can go back and i can shoot so many videos from two years ago and be like dude look at your deadlift here like two years ago yeah um yeah so i film everything i've got logs for all my personal uh, students so Strength-wise, I never really have that problem. I can I can usually always keep their numbers where it needs to be. It's whether they're getting the sleep and and the cardio and the cooking and, and the food. Yeah, that tends to be that tends to be kind of kind of like a battle. And as a trainer, you got to check up on these people because they're not going to tell you, right. and you're not going to know unless you keep harping them. And I, you know, a lot of them aren't on Instagram, so it's not like I can see what they're doing all day. Right, right. It's hard. You got to you got to poke people. You got to you know, hey, you're paying me for this.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, but the thing is, is like you know, you develop a relationship with the person you're training. They're, you know, it's reciprocated by them. They're, they're getting to know you. They're starting to enjoy being t- trained by you. Yeah. And then it comes to the point where they notice that you're on them sometimes and you're paying attention to what they're doing and how they're feeling. And then somewhere in the back of their head, it'll happen. Might t- Some people might happen in a couple of weeks. Other people might take a year, but all of a sudden a light bulb goes up. Like, Oh, i I better go to bed because if I go, if I go into the gym tomorrow, Eric is going to know I was up late and he's going to, I don't want to disappoint him. It's not disappointment, but it's like, it's an accountability. It's like, you want to show up being your best self. Yeah. And that's no. why it's so important to have these relationships with people and personal trainers. The word personal is right in there. They are, it's, you know, it's, it's vital it is vital as um and it, uh, for everybody to have a good coach and um if the investment is is worth it and yeah if you could connect with a trainer if you could connect with your client it's just going to be that much better
1: oh yeah that's a real special thing when you when you find your the clients that you vibe with and you click with uh those are your people i i still meet people to this yeah. day that just are not my people and they're looking for something else and i'm not the trainer for them and for no other reason than we, we were just on you know we were just you know something didn't work out yeah for whatever reason yeah just, uh, okay. i still get that and i've been doing it 15 years so it's not anything more than you're just not the trainer for that person and you know they need to go look for somebody else right and, but i've got people that i totally click with i still train my very first private client we've been going 15 years
0: no kidding he wow came
1: up to me, she came up to me in LA fitness when I was working there. And she says, Hey, can I just pay you for my sessions? And I don't want to sign up with these people anymore. And a light bulb went off. <laughs> so, so I said, Hey, I can start doing this. And so, then it was one, then it was two people a day. Then it was three people a day. Pretty soon I was shoving cash in my shoes all day. And I was leaving, I was leaving the gym with hundred, 200 bucks in my shoes.
0: No kidding. <laughs>
1: oh, and I was, awesome, hey, was, let me start doing this at a park. And then we went, then we went to a park and then I got my own space. And then here I am 15 years later.
0: Wow. and, 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 when you train people at the park, were you bringing all, like, equipment with you every time? And oh, yeah. I destroyed- were you using a car or a pickup truck? What were you using? At the
1: time, I had a 96 uh, Chevy Silverado, so it wasn't a big deal. Okay. But uh, I, but still. We have a truck now, but it's got leather seats, so it gets destroyed. I got a little Scion that we've had for almost 10 years, great little car. Um, but it's getting, it's getting mangled. <laughs> it's getting pretty bad, especially with this COVID stuff. I'm just oh, going yeah. Park. yeah, I'm doing a lot of park stuff right now. It's getting trashed.
0: So you just stuff going in and out like weights, kettlebells, b- bags. I've got, a, I've got
1: a pretty good system. I, I've got a couple of kettlebells. I've got a rope, and I've got a set of rings, and I've got a system going now. Where before it was just throw stuff in the car, get to the next session, throw stuff in the car, get. That destroyed my car, but yeah, I'm just I'm all mobile right now.
0: Yeah, and and you throw maces maces in there too, right? You train maces in the.
1: I've actually only got a couple students who do maces. Oh, Okay. Um. I have, I have no female students. I have one female student. She's a fighter. She does mace. And I've, I've just got a couple uh, younger, younger male students who do uh, mace, like, like regularly. It's not, a, it's not a very popular part of my program. I love okay. it myself. But it, as far as my program goes, it's, it's my kettlebell training and my bag work. My mace work is really just kind of like a fun thing we do, like, on the side. I don't, I don't make whole workouts out of the mace. I, I honestly don't program it beyond 360s as a finisher in some of my uh, class workouts. It's a real small piece of our program. I personally yeah. love it, but we don't have full Mace workouts and full Mace sessions like that or anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I guess when you do workshops with Rick Brown, you're you're the the kettlebell guy side of it, and Rick is the the Mace guy side of it, right? We, and,
1: used to, we used to blend them together, and then we realized, I mean, I might get one or two people show it for me, and everybody else would be there for Rick. So <laughs> uh, nobody really, wa- nobody was was really interested. Like kettlebell sport is. Is actually less popular than the mace, if you can believe that. You know, people would show up. He'd he'd pull 15 to 20 people, and say, "Hey, Eric's gonna here teach some kettlebell sport too." And and uh, okay, nobody <laughs> nobody would really want to do it. So we I, stopped you know doing that, and now I, I just came for to be the cameraman and to warm people up and you know make sure you catch everything on video that needs to be caught. Yeah. So, you- and, I mean, honestly, I get a weekend off. I get to travel with Rick. We have a lot of fun. We go out. To- We'll hit, you know, some drinks and a dinner the night before, and have fun with with some of the attendees. And that's right. what I do it for, because that's always a fun weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, what? It's it's inter- that's a a good thing you're mentioning right there is the, like with the Mace community and the kettlebell people, and you you know we mentioned earlier CrossFit and the and they're like clicky and everything, but there's something interesting about Mace and kettlebells that creates this like networking community, like they just want to hang out with each other and just talk. And, and um, you don't really see that with traditional weightlifting, unless it's like people who are, who actually compete. Like, you know, if you're a powerlifter, of course, you're going to want to go hang out at the powerlifting gym with the other guys power powerlift. But um, it's just interesting. If you hear you're somebody on the other side of town has a mace, you're over there stalking them, <laughs> looking through the windows, trying to, find, yeah, Hey man, it. come on out with the mace. I got what to do. So It's really cool, and, and, um, yeah, you're – and Rick is a great guy to go hang out with and everything, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I see you guys.
1: He's like 20 20 minutes south of me. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys seem like you hang out all the time.
1: Yeah, we shoot down there a lot when he needs to get out of the house or –
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's kind of – we're only 20 minutes away, but if you catch it at the wrong time, that's an hour and a half drive down that freeway.
0: Yeah. So
1: it's not as often as you think, but when we do, we get all the Maces out. We'll go make a scene at the beach or something, and it's fun.
0: This is good stuff, though, because uh, my wife's cousin lives out near Rick, and I was supposed to go actually to his house this April and spend six hours training with him. But obviously, COVID eliminated that out of the – but we do plan on coming out next year, so I'll let you know, and maybe all three of us can – hook up and i want to go to that place that has those giant burgers and like the bun is like a little red color
1: bro burger yeah
0: yeah i I, I saw that picture you guys are holding these burgers i was like i want to be there i want that burger so yeah, that's like i think the only reason why i want to go out there now
1: <laughs> the best burger in town they won the great american food truck race and he took the money and he opened up he opened a place right here
0: oh okay that's, that's cool all right
1: behind that one yeah
0: yeah so yeah man um Definitely, um, if if uh, we are allowed to ever travel again, I'll, <laughs> I will definitely um, hit you guys up. I, I You know, I want to train with Rick anyway, so that'll be cool, man. There's uh, there's so much to do, and I feel like after the this virus thing, people are just going to explode with excitement again and start networking more and traveling. Are you showing me something?
1: No, I got this drilling going on outside my house. I don't know if you can hear it or not.
0: Uh, all right. Well, we're going to wrap it up anyway. We've got, we've got like two minutes left. Um, how about you let everybody know how to get in touch with you, your social media, and, um, you know, a- any other particulars?
1: Well, if you want to follow my kettlebell work, I had to separate the two pages because they weren't, they weren't playing well on the same page, let's just say. So all my kettlebell work is on my gym page, which is LB Kettlebell Club, at LB Kettlebell Club. And uh, through that, we have uh, our weekly Zoom classes. You can buy a monthly membership for 60 bucks with us, train with us in a private group via the Zoom classes. I lead the workouts or me and my wife. You can join us there. Unconventional underscore athlete is me, myself, my personal page. And I keep most of my MACE work, my Bulgarian bag work. And anything personal, I'll keep on that page in case I'm doing something that may not be trainer-ish, like like drinking or something. (laughs) But I cook some really good steaks. So if you follow me on that account, I, uh, you'll learn how to cook a good skillet steak.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't even notice that. I'm definitely oh, going to look that up too. Oh, dude,
1: I'm, yeah, I got the tri-tip situation down. Oh. So not- I, we're also getting our YouTube going. So now that my gym is temporarily shut down, we're going to move everything online, and you can follow me on one of the two accounts. You can join us via Zoom classes. Our, our YouTube is just up and starting, so we're definitely more prominent on Instagram right now. So definitely uh, shoot me a DM if you want to join us. I have classes for kettlebell. I got classes for Bulgarian bag starting June 1st. The kettlebell ones are actually already up. We did one last night. So
0: look forward to joining. All right. And the YouTube channel, what, how do we pe- How do we find YouTube channel?
1: If you just put on conventional athlete, it'll uh, it'll pop up. There's actually two accounts. I guess I made an old one and I, I uploaded a few things, but I can't get back into it. So there's, okay. there's a new one out with, uh, you know, just like two weeks old. I'll be uploading all my stuff onto that. And doing live videos through YouTube.
0: Okay, cool, man. That is so, great stuff.
1: I'll, I'll be all. I'll, I'll have my Bulgarian bag all up in your face. You, you <laughs> Wait, I'll be able to <laughs> yeah. be able to avoid it.
0: The, the Zoom and, and the it, Zoom it, faded out. We lost you there. Um, ah, man, you're you're breaking up. I know you just said something funny because you said I'm gonna have my Bulgarian bag up in your face. <laughs> Your break.
1: (laughs) Oh, uh,
0: all right, man. Yeah, I
1: got some drilling going on outside. Damn it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, these such is life. You know, we can't. Nothing's perfect, but this was ninety nine percent perfect conversation. Otherwise, so Eric, thank you very much for stopping by and sharing all your wisdom and knowledge about training. And I will be talking to you soon. And good luck with the Bulgarian bag workouts coming up. Everybody, you got to check that stuff out. Go to his Instagram because you will see what we're talking about if you don't know yet. Um, It's cool. It's worth it. All right, Eric. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take care.